You are listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our mission is to reconnect Yah's people to the root and truth of his word. We have been called to take Yah's healing to the nations, remove the stumbling block out of the way of his people, and teach as well as model the importance of serving the living Elohim in spirit and in truth. We live by Romans 15 and 4, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Let us pray. Abba thank you for an opportunity to just be in your word on the sixth day of unleavened bread. Abba just thank you for pointing us to truth, uh, pointing us to righteousness, pointing us to your will. We ask that your will would be done in this earth. We ask that you would expose malice, that you would expose wickedness, that you would expose lawlessness, that you would expose hypocrisy, that you would expose it in us, that you would expose it in our leaders, that you would expose it in those that seek to exalt themselves over who you are. Abayah, thank you for Yeshua, who is our Passover, who is the um, unleavened bread of sincerity and truth, who calls us to leave behind the gods we served on the other side of the river and our forefathers served and our own self-righteousness, to leave that behind and serve you in sincerity and in truth. I thank you for just this word today, and I pray that it would um, touch the hearts of my brothers and sisters in Mashiach and touch the hearts of those who do not know you, um, that they would be asking, what must they do to be saved? Because we are definitely in a dying generation, a wicked world. So I ask that you would gird us up, that you would strengthen us to go forth according to your will, um, and that in all things you would be glorified, because you deserve it you deserve it our hallelujah should belong to you so all these things we ask in the name of Yeshua our Messiah we pray hallelujah all right um just in reflection this morning on first Corinthians 5 and 8 um and uh the father has instructed that what I get in the secret time to proclaim from the rooftops and I'm not a big video person but I I will shoot out an audio so uh, that's what we're gonna do Uh, we are the title of this teaching is to be unleavened to be unleavened let's go to first Corinthians 5 and 8 to be unleavened first Corinthians 5 and 8 Matter of fact, we'll just go ahead and start at verse 1 um, so you get the context. Um, in this context, there was sexual immorality among the church. And that's where um, Paul starts um, speaking. So in verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you as such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have already judged 
as though I were present, him who has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of our master Yeshua. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Mashiach, our Passover, Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. A few days ago, maybe last week, um, I taught on beginning with the end in mind. Beginning with the end in mind. And we taught about in order to um, be most effective that you have to pinpoint the results first and then you pinpoint the behaviors that must follow so if we're pinpointing um he said but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth sincerity and truth should be in us why is that because in verse 7 he said since you truly are unleavened there's only one type of unleavened bread and it's the bread of sincerity and truth the bread of sincerity and truth those are the results we want therefore we have to purge out the old leaven every year we go through this cycle you if you're willing to purge it out if you're willing to send face to face with the father remove it see if there's any offensive way in me bring it to my uh, forefront of my mind that i can confess it and have it removed So therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so we're going to look at what is malice, what is wickedness. And we're going to add two more, hypocrisy and lawlessness. So in order to be unleavened, in order to be filled with sincerity and truth, we have to remove malice, wickedness, hypocrisy, and lawlessness. I'll say it again. In order to be unleavened, filled with sincerity and truth, we must remove malice and wickedness and lawlessness and hypocrisy. Matthew twenty three twenty eight. Matthew twenty three twenty eight. Matthew twenty three twenty eight. I mean, he just go in. I'm picking up in the woe to the scribes and the Pharisees. Oh. Woe to scribes and Pharisees. And we're just going to pick up in 28, 25. There we go. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, 
For you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. It's a hard thing. We got to take care of the inside, the inner man. Our souls must be renewed. Outside, this flesh is dying daily, but inside, we are being renewed and strengthened. 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Luke 12 and 1. Luke 12 and 1. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear and inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetop. No secrets. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy so we're looking at malice wickedness hypocrisy and lawlessness malice wickedness hypocrisy and lawlessness i'm sure the behaviors that we exhibit that are not like mashiach will fall under the categories of malice wickedness hypocrisy or lawlessness if we desire to be unleavened, if we desire to be like our king, if we desire to have the character of the Most High as described in Exodus 34 and 6 and 7, then we will confess the malice, wickedness, hypocrisy, and lawlessness. Judgment begins in the house, so it must start with us. If he is to abide with us, if he is to be in us, if he is to walk with us, we must address the malice, the wickedness, the hypocrisy, and the lawlessness. And I start with myself. Let's go to Genesis 8 and 21. To be unleavened. Genesis 8 and 21. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelt a smooth, a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again. Am I in the right place? 
Okay. I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living creature, every living thing as I have done. Um, and so he acknowledges that the imagination of man's heart is evil. When you look at malice and you look at wickedness, you can connect them to Ra in the Hebrew Ra, which is evil. Okay. So I just looked up malice in the dictionary. I just looked up malice in the dictionary. Um, and it says intent to commit an unlawful act or cause harm without legal justification or excuse it's an intent to commit an unlawful act when we look at this uh, biblically who determines what's lawful and what's not that is our first question who determines what's lawful and what's not it should be the creator and source of all things it should be our Father in Heaven that He determines what's right and what's wrong, what's lawful and unlawful. But when we have defined it in our own weak, feeble minds, we commit malice, we commit wickedness, we are hypocritical, and we are lawless. If we are not letting the Father define what's good, what's evil, what's tov, what's ra, what's zadik, what's righteous, and what's unrighteous, then we end up with a lump that is full of malice, wickedness, hypocrisy, and lawlessness. The Father has to define it. Or we'll be thinking we're something that we're not. Because we've tried to define it in our own mind. To be unleavened is to let him define what's right and wrong. And then we need to align with what he says. Because as it says in Isaiah or in the prophets, his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. So malice, intend to commit an unlawful act or cause harm without legal justification and, or excuse. Wickedness, morally very bad, evil. That's the rod that we keep bringing up. The antonym for wickedness is goodness, righteousness, virtuousness. Goodness. Righteous virtuousness are the antonyms to wickedness. When we look at hypocrisy, it is behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. Behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. It is connected to the act of a stage player, like an actor. You're putting on a role. It is behavior, hypocrisy is behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. 
if you believe your hope is in Messiah, then he says in John, if you love me, keep my commandments. He also says that him and the father are one. There is no disconnect between Mashiach and Yah. There is no disconnect between the father and son. There is none. You have him keeping Passover with the disciples. You have people in Acts waiting for Shavuot, which is on Sunday, which means the Sabbath is on Saturday. He kept the law, which was his custom. So to say, I believe in Messiah, but I won't do what Messiah did is to be a hypocrite. Is to be full of hypocrisy. If I'm getting on my sons for leaving their shoes and stuff all across the house. And then I see my shoes next to their shoes. Hypocrisy at the end of the day. If I believe the shoes should be put up. Then my behavior should act like or it should exhibit me putting my shoes up too. So hypocrisy, behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. So what does that mean? That means that your belief and behavior should not be separate. They should align. So to say, I believe in the word of the Most High, but you don't acknowledge anything in the beginning is hypocrisy. No matter who taught it. Again, we go back to who defines it. We go back to who defines what's good and what's evil. What's right and what's wrong. What's considered malice. What is wickedness. What is hypocrisy. Because Yeshua in um, Matthew 23 I mean, he kept, he told them, you're not doing this right. You're messing up here. You keep messing up here. You keep doing these things. And I'm going to go back to that. Back in Matthew 23. And and I had said this the other day. It okay, Is it that we can't think for ourselves or we just choose not to think for ourselves? Uh, I mean, because there's a lot of things going on that we're just not thinking, you know, somebody has a title and they're considered an expert and we just go with it, you know, not questioning. Like we don't question, we don't think for ourselves. And, and he didn't give us a brain just to conform to every single thing and never conform to him, never conform to his word, never self-sacrifice, never lay down our life, never do anything that he did, but yet we follow him. That is hypocrisy because we're not really following. It's just lip service. We're not aligning. We're not loving. We're not giving. We're not serving. But he's my master. That is hypocrisy. And we we get so focused on, oh, I can't judge. I can't. 
if you would judge yourself, if you would be reflective, if you would just take your life and see where it fits in the word or where you pull parts of the word to fit your life, that is hypocrisy. That is, an, that is, that is evil. And it's hard to hear, it's hard to say, it's hard to swallow that super big horse pill, but it is. All right, Matthew 23, um, 13, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow uh, those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, therefore you will receive greater condemnation. And I am looking for the verse about um, those that will be great in the kingdom. Ah, Matthew five nineteen. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So if I go back to Matthew 5. Because he also says in verse 17, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. He also says it was written of me. Why would he come to destroy something and it was written of him? Why would he do that? Why Why would he do that? I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill for, for assuredly, I say to you till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you will by no means enter the kingdom. But he called them hypocrites. So you definitely got to step your game up. In Matthew 23, he said, well, in Matthew 5, he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. By Matthew 23, he was... um cutting them down for what they were not doing correct and they were supposed to be teachers of the word teachers of the word and they didn't have a new testament at this time so they were supposed to know the, that's why he did not come to destroy the law and the prophets because in the law and the prophets we see mashiach we see jesus christ we see the messiah for example, in the New Testament, when he is getting ready to die, he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. If you go back to Leviticus, when it talks about unintentional sin, as in if you ignorantly did something. So when he was on the cross, still teaching, when he said, Eli, Eli, Lila Shabbatani, that goes back to Psalms 22. 
And that's how that starts. But you go through and you see Mashiach. He's not going to destroy the laws and the prophets because it was written of him. The good shepherd, the king that uh, Yahweh put in place. It was written of him. The prophet from Deuteronomy. It was written of him. It was written of him. He did not come to destroy that. He came to fulfill it. Because in the prophets, it said that my word will not be void. It will go forth and accomplish exactly what I wanted to. And he also says, it's us. Says, my hand is not too short in Isaiah 59. And my ear is not too dull that he can't hear. But our sins caused the separation and Christ came to remove the barrier that separated us because of our sin. So in Corinthians, when it says as ambassadors, we're asking you to be reconciled to God and we can't go to him any kind of way. Yeshua says he is the way. So we have to examine his character. And there was no malice. There was no wickedness. There was no hypocrisy. There was no lawlessness. So who defines it? Yah defines it. And we can't go back and try to negotiate what he has said because he says i am yah and i change not but that is a blessing that he does not change because if he did change oh sons of jacob we would be consumed we are our own adversary the enemy comes with thoughts and suggestions but it's still us who does it or does who either we do it we succumb to it or we don't but it's us it's us it's us so we get in the mirror we address the sin we address the wickedness we address the malice we address the lawlessness and it's also us who must change Lawlessness. Let's go to First John three and four. First John three and four. First John three and four. Starting verse one. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of Yah. Therefore, the world does not know us because if it did, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. But the inner man must be getting renewed to be like him. This flesh we must can't be about us no more it's not about us it's not about me it's not about me it's about him in psalms it says not unto us not unto us but unto you because of your love and your faithfulness because of his grace and his mercy because of his compassion it is not about us who cares about sports who who cares has nothing to do with him he don't care about sports he cares about our service 
We were redeemed. We were brought out of bondage. We were brought out of sin to serve him. There is nothing else. Who defines what good service is? The father does. You can't serve a lie. That bread is no good. Hallelujah. Beloved, now we are children of God and it shall not be revealed. uh, I'm sorry. And it has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Come on. Do you have hope? Do you have hope? Verse four, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. In math, when you're reading math sentences and you say five plus four is nine, the is is represents an equal sign. So in verse four, when they say sin is lawlessness, sin equals lawlessness. Sin equals lawlessness. Well, who determines what's lawful? Who determines what's lawful? The father does. This all goes back to him. It's all about him. It's all about following Mashiach, who is the way, the truth, the life. You are dying to yourself to be raised with him. We serve him. And the generation that we are in, it's Acts somewhere where it said, and David served, um, did the will of the father in his generation, and then he went to sleep. And we are to serve in our generation until he calls us home, and then we go to sleep. We got to know who classifies sin, malice, wickedness, lawlessness, hypocrisy. And then we have to want it removed. We have to want it removed. We have to want it removed. If we confess it, he will cover. But we have to acknowledge that it exists. If we confess, he will cover it. But we have to acknowledge that it exists. And if we say, oh no, that law's not for me. That That's not, okay, type in one law. And he says clearly, the father says clearly, there shall be one law for the native born and the stranger. In the scriptures, it says he, he winked at ignorance. But now he is calling all to repentance. Everybody, everybody. Joshua 24 and 14, and there was something else came to my mind, Father, bring it back if you will. Joshua 24 and 14, and um, we had a young man that did the, let the Bible study on Joshua, and this verse has just stuck with me. It's just stuck with me. Um, the aspect that we have to serve him completely. 
Um, and then uh, Joshua 24, 14 says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Why? Because we're unleavened. Because we should be unleavened. Because we should remove the malice, the wickedness, the hypocrisy, and the lawlessness. We should remove those things. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, on the other side of the river and in Egypt. So we're coming to a place. This is a season where we cross this Red Sea. But we got to leave some stuff there before we cross over. There's things we cannot take with us. We can't take it with us. The malice, the wickedness, the hypocrisy, and the lawlessness got to stay on the other side. You can't walk through on dry ground being baptized in the rock and the rock being Christ and still have all this junk. That the father has defined as Ra. Serve the Lord. Serve Yah. Serve Yahuwah. However you say it. Serve him. And if it seems evil to you. To serve the master. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose, but don't keep saying you serving God and everybody knows you're not. It's time out for that. Just choose. It's okay. Just choose. Just choose. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods who cannot save, redeem, or deliver you from anything, which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you dwell. Choose. They won't save you. They won't deliver. They won't redeem. They won't renew your mind. They won't cleanse your conscience. But if that's what you want, go ahead. But as for me and my house, we will serve Adonai. We will serve Yah. We will serve the God of Israel. We will serve. We will follow the king. We will yield our lives. We will prepare and be ready. We will allow him to write his law on our hearts. We will circumcise our hearts. Because we understand that they are desperately wicked. This disease, this sin is incurable without Mashiach. It's one law. And we are called to be unleavened. And to be unleavened, you have to seek out and search sincerity and truth. You have to study the master. And we have to be willing to work, to remove the malice, to remove the wickedness, to remove the lawlessness, to remove the hypocrisy, and then live. Deuteronomy 30 says that Yah is our life. That's it.
That's it. Ain't nothing else. There's nothing else. Deuteronomy 30 and 19. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give them. Ain't nothing else happening. Nothing else cracking. Nothing else matters. In Deuteronomy 10, 12, it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. If they told you they were grievous and my burden, they lied. If they told you it was holding you back from freedom in Christ, they lied. Who told you you didn't deserve the fullness of Mashiach? Who told you that you weren't loved? Who told you you couldn't walk in the fullness of Messiah? They lied. It is in our nature to go off point, off cue, off path. And so we need something that is sure, that is founded, that is steady. We need that. And this word is it. I'm going to go back where we opened. 1 Corinthians 5. In six, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, Yeshua, our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Who told you you didn't have to? They lied. Who told you it wasn't important? Who told you there wasn't freedom in that? Who told you it was old and done away? They lied. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Shalom. I pray right now as these people listen, as my brothers and sisters listen, that you would pull out the malice and the wickedness in our hearts, that you would reveal it so we can confess it, that you would pull out the hypocrisy and the lawlessness in us, that you would reveal it so that we can confess it and you will cover it, that there will be a change that takes place in our hearts and our minds. And we will remember that you are sovereign, that you are mighty, that you are true. Your word is right. It never fails. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Purify our hearts and our minds that we would go forth in truth and in love, in righteousness, in your righteousness, in your peace, in your shalom. There is nothing else. You've redeemed us to serve. We have no other obligation to anyone or anything but you. May we seek you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. May we love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. May we hear, may we listen, may we shema that we can make the necessary changes that need to be made because we love you. We thank you for this day, the sixth day of unleavened bread. Father, and I ask you to continue to purge, continue to clean, continue to renew, continue to remove, that we would truly be unleavened as we journey to the mountain for the revelation, for the pouring out of your fire. As we journey to the mountain, we ask that you would be with us. We ask that you would go before us. We thank you for this day. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, we pray. Jesus Christ, our master and our king, our coming king. Hallelujah and amen. Thank you for listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our website is www.restoringthebranches.org. We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also email us at restoringthebranches at gmail.com. Shalom.